Welcome to Teesside Vineyard Church. We hope you enjoy our lockdown podcast series. So when we were planning this lockdown podcast series and chatted together about exploring the topic of prophetic dreams, the first person we thought of was my wonderful sister-in-law, Zoe. So welcome, Zoe. Hello. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's lovely to be um, thought of first when you're thinking about prophetic dreams. That's a great honour. <laughs> Brilliant. So first of all, we thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself, in your family, where you live, where you go to church, just a few bits of information about you. Yep, sure. So um, I live in Newcastle with my husband, Johnny, and I've got two daughters, seven and five, and we're all enjoying homeschooling at the moment in lockdown. And um, I've been going to Life Vineyard Church for about about four years um, and sort of been to previous um other vineyards when I've lived in different places but um really enjoying that um and yeah we've lived in Newcastle for 15 years and we absolutely love where we live people are so friendly and there's so many exciting things happening here um within the church and within the community so yeah it's an exciting time brilliant Before we get started talking about prophetic dreams, I thought that this would be a great opportunity for you to answer the all-important question of what was it really like growing up with Ross and did you ever see him becoming a pastor? (laughs) Well, actually, I have to admit, if I'm honest, growing up with Ross, I think it was more about whether he could have put up with growing up with me because I was pretty mean. Um, he was a really nice little brother. He was really laid back. I'm honestly not just saying this. I wish I could say something horrible about him, but I can't. (laughs) He was actually really laid back and lovely. And probably most of our arguments were from me teasing him. Um, So did I expect him to be a pastor? I probably wouldn't have picked pastor, but I definitely thought he would might end up doing something that was like nurturing or pastoral. Because I remember he really loved animals and wanted to be a vet. And I'm not saying that your congregation and looking at pastoring them is like looking after animals, but (laughs) there's something about the caring, nurturing kind of, you know, pastoral aspect. So I'm not surprised about that. But um, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have guessed it was going to be in church. But I'm very excited for him and excited for the church that he's that you're both going to go and work with. I think they're very lucky. (laughs) Thank you very much. There's a there's a very kind words and I would like to concur on everything that you've said so far. <laughs> I've got no defence. I know. No, no. I, but, I, but I think what it, what it does is it's it's a great story that people can see that you cannot be so full of sin and so far removed from God that you you can not. This is true. Back. So, I know it's, it's a true story of redemption, isn't it's it? A my true story of redemption. My rise from the gutter of big sisterhood to it is, what it I've is biblical now. proportions. I see you next time. Yeah, yeah. You forget that you're going to be living within an hour of me soon. Yes, <laughs> you're yes, not going to be able to get away with this. Both <laughs> exciting and terrifying. <laughs> so if we if we um, were like Miriam said that you were one of the first people that we thought of when we uh, wanted to really look at um, the prophetic, but also at the moment, prophetic dreams seem very relevant to what a lot of people are going through. What a lot of people are going through, not necessarily just in Christian circles, but also in the secular world as well. It's it's come up a lot in the news. A lot of people are are struggling with dreams or, or particularly vivid dreams. And we just wanted to sort of pick your brains a little bit and find out when, when you think about prophetic dreams, what, what do we mean by that? I mean, I think it's all always useful to just check. We're all thinking about the same thing when we use the word prophetic. Um, and I just think at its simplest, to me, it's something that's communicated to us from God. And it can happen in so many, many, many ways. Um, and when we come to dreams, we're then thinking about a dream where God is communicating something to us. And I think most people know, you know, know that all of us dream. We all dream, but we just don't all remember what we've dreamt. Apparently, we all dream every night. So even though some people will say, oh, I never dream. Apparently, the research says they actually do. It's just they're not remembering them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most people, when they talk about dreams, whether they're Christian or whether they're um, not or religious or not, um, most people think of dreams as being like a hash of images and thoughts that they've that have like pervaded their day and they just come together in a jumble. Um, and I think that is how most people accept them. And because of that, I guess it's fair to say most people shrug dreams off. And, you know, even though I'm aware I've had prophetic dreams, I also do wake up in the morning and shrug dreams off all the time. And it's amazing how many times God has then, like, just nudged me and said, actually, can you just think back about that dream, please, in a prayerful way? And then I have. And then I've gone, oh, actually, you're saying something to me here. And I nearly missed it. Mm. Um, And I think that at the moment, it's a season where God is speaking increasingly and is increasingly wanting to reveal revelation to people, um, revelation to his people, but also revelation to people who don't know him yet. I think that's partly in preparation for this, for a move of God that so many of us are anticipating that he is actually going to be moving um, in a new way with an increased sense of his presence and that that is going to be accompanied by a much more tangible experience of him and that this is going to affect people that aren't Christian yet and going to cause them to start um questioning and thinking and wondering and it's going to be planting seeds in their heart that are going to lead them to towards god and towards faith and i think that's just something that is seasonal that is um a now moment um in the spirit and because of that i've really felt a sort of urgency on my heart that we need to get more teaching out there now in a way that seems funny because i can find a lot of teaching about um christian dream interpretation but actually there's so many people that still don't know about it or that aren't accessing it for whatever reason. And so I just have really felt a burden on my heart to as much as I can, possibly little old me, <laughs> just pass on that message and keep getting people to start to take notice of their dreams yeah. in a prayerful way. Um, yeah. Because I think God is speaking. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because <clears throat> dreams are, I think, like you're saying, in this culture, dreams are very much kind of ignored or will be seen as a collection of thoughts which we accumulate throughout the day. Uh, but actually, in, in other cultures, it is considered and, and thought about a lot more and, mm. and given uh, sort of more time, almost, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, if you think about, um, you know, uh, Native Americans and how they make dream catches, you know, that was something that they took more seriously and they were trying to stop the the negative dreams and the bad dreams for their children, weren't they? Um, And I think, I mean, even on a really, really basic level, you know, if I dream about something that's worrying me, that's on my heart, um, I can wake up the next morning and I can take them to God and he will minister to me on that issue if I don't ignore it, Mm. you know, and sometimes it will be getting free from fears or I realize I need to forgive someone or or myself, or I realize there's an issue that I need to trust God on more or I need to repent of, or maybe there's a seed of a really good idea in the dream. But I think so many people will wake up and go, Oh yeah, I'm probably a little bit worried. That's why I dreamt that. And then they walk off and it's like, well, yeah, if that's there, then let's let's deal with it because it's um it's a route to to freedom, isn't it? And God wants to um, give us that freedom on a day to day level, and that's a day to day level prophetic dream. It doesn't have to have some kind of crazy um, big encounter in it. It can be something as simple as help pruning you and helping you to be more fruitful in your heart. Yeah, that's great. Sorry, could you give us a few examples from the Bible, maybe where dreams play a big part? Yeah, so I, I, I get a little bit excited when we talk about dreams in the Bible and I could probably dribble on for days about it. But, um, you know, I've been looking into it and there, see, there seems to be an agreement that there were about 20, 21 recorded descriptions of dreams in the Bible. But once you start getting into it, you can find that there are, um, you know, you have a whole other load of other ways of hearing God that could be similar to dreams like trances and visions. And there can sometimes be a bit of a blurred boundary and people might interpret them differently. Mm. Um, For example, Peter's trance when he sees a sheet of um, containing unclean animals Mm. coming down to him. I've seen that in in, um, one concordance being referred to as a dream, but 
I think in terms of what we'd see as a, a, a biblical story with a character who has a dream that is described, they're around 21. Um, and what I find fascinating about that, well, there's a few things I find fascinating about that, but one of them is that um, 10 of those 21 dreams are, um, appear in Genesis. Okay. And I was just thinking about that, and I was thinking about how Genesis is the founding book of our scripture. And, you know, it's the beginning of everything that happens in God's story on earth. And it's the book that sets up everything that's going to happen in human history and in the relationship between God and human. And I just thought, yeah, God needed to, to um, send a lot of dreams right at the beginning to get the human story off to the right start and establish his people because he needed to be able to get his message across prophetically in a way that people couldn't miss and couldn't ignore. And I think it's really still true with prophetic dreams today. I think in my experience, they always initiate something new. They always initiate a change or a new direction or a part of a new identity or a new strategy or a new perspective. There's always something about it that creates a change, however small it might seem. So, um, so yeah, in, in sort of thinking, why is that? Um, why is it that nearly half, I guess around a third, just over, of the biblical descriptions of dreams are so much at the forefront of our culture and entertainment when it comes to Christmas or when it comes to the West End? I think um, Joseph in his Technicolor Dreamcoat has been um, acted out in 80 different countries, you know, for years and years and years. Um, and I just think that, um, I think it's just because God is trying to draw our attention at the moment in this season to dreams. And he is um, doing that because everybody can relate to dreams, can't they? Because everybody has them. And I think he's trying to get across to us. He wants us to know that he's made us with an inbuilt communication line between us and him. And you know, so many people, when they're coming into trying to learn about the prophetic, it can feel like a bit of a struggle, mm. um, you know, sitting down in a prayer time and trying to get a picture from God or like trying to learn the different ways that he speaks. But dreaming is something that we all do. Mm. And even if you don't remember them, you can ask God to help you remember them, you know, and it's something that's almost just ready made for us that we could just start to tap into in a prayerful way yeah, great. and start listening to him. Um, and I think also in terms of thinking about people that aren't Christians yet or aren't spiritual perhaps and opening those conversations and those roots of thought with them, I think there's such a mystery about dreaming and what we dream and that it can draw people's attention to the unexplained and the mystical aspects of life and just it's a way of sort of coming to that subject and approaching that subject. And it can be a really good conversation opener, I think. Mm. But I could talk about so many dreams and, and there are so many different categories of dreams in the Bible. You know, there, there are warning dreams. There's a lot of warning dreams in the Christmas story that we know about. Joseph being warned to take Jesus and Mary to Egypt because Herod's got, got his life under threat. Mm. He's about to go around killing all the baby boys and then you've got the magi being warned that they need to avoid Herod's palace when they journey back to their home um you've got the dream where Jacob's being told not to divorce Mary even though it looks like um she's been unfaithful you know um so there's a lot of warning dreams there there are dreams of promises there are dreams that, um where God tells somebody about the future um, there are dreams that are encounters where they just purely seem to be where the person is just encountering heaven and the veil between heaven and earth is, is thin. There was just a couple that I was just going to mention um, because I think they can teach us. I mean, they can all teach us so much about dreams, but I just wanted to mention the famous dream where God administers a promise um, where he appears to King Solomon in a dream and he says that Solomon can ask for anything he wants from God. And um, Solomon gives a good answer because he asks for wisdom, which is a great thing to ask mm. for when you've just been made king. <laughs> but what's so um, wonderful about this is that 
God so deliberately asks him in a dream, because in a dream, Solomon is going to give a truthful answer from his heart. Mm. Um, and when we're asleep, our defenses are down and our overthinking and our analysis is all disarmed. And we can receive God's message with a more childlike simplicity. And we can also respond with a childlike simplicity. Um, our true heart is revealed. And I think that that is one of the wonderful aspects of prophetic dreams. You, you have a more honest conversation than you can almost possibly have when you're awake. Um, but I, I wanted, if I might, um, to talk about a dream that I just felt God putting his finger on as a now word for me to share with you. Yeah, um, it's one of the lesser known dreams and in a way sort of linked to quite a weird story, really, that's quite hard to get your head around. And I'm, <laughs> there's a lot of different commentaries saying a variety of things about it. But um, it's a dream that Jacob has, Jacob, who later gets um, renamed as Israel. And just to kind of give a bit of a background to the dream, he spent his early years being very conniving and deceitful as a person. And then he spent his subsequent years getting a taste of his own medicine via his father-in-law, Laban, mm. who's treated him very unfairly at every turn. Um, he's worked for, for him for 14 years, which eventually becomes 20. Laban's changed um, Jacob's wages 10 times, tricked him into marrying the wrong woman, and just it goes on and on. And Jacob's sort of submitted himself to this whole whole process. Um, and then after all this time, Jacob has a dream. Um, and it says in Genesis 31, it says, now just bear with me, because this is going to sound like a really weird dream to bring up in this. But um, in breeding season, I once had a dream in which I looked up and saw that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked, speckled or spotted. The angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, I answered, here I am. And he said, look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled or spotted. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. And the key section I want to highlight for today, because I just feel the Holy Spirit on it, um, is this. Look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled or spotted. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. And there are just a couple of points that I feel are relevant right now from this dream. Number one, that God saw everything that Laban had been doing to Jacob. And I just feel God um, saying right now that he is seeing where circumstances or people or the virus, um, the pandemic that's going on at the moment, whatever it is, has been stealing from some of us. And where people are feeling under the oppression of a Laban, whether that's a figurative or like a literal person, I just feel like God is saying he's seeing the injustices that people are suffering at the moment. Mm. And some of, the, some of them are financial, but there are a, a lot of other types of things going on as well. Um, and I just feel like he's saying that where some people feel like their futures have been stolen from them, that right now he wants them to look up to him because he wants to send them strategies direct from heaven at this time. And um, just after Jacob had his dream, he went to Laban and he had a conversation where Laban asked Jacob to name any wage that he wanted because Laban was trying to get Jacob to hang around a bit. So Jacob, at that point, already knew what he should ask for as a wage because the dream had shown him. Mm. And so he asked for all of the speckled, spotted and streaked sheep. And this strategy went against common sense because most lambs and goats were born white. So Laban was really happy with this, but obviously it was a weird thing for Jacob to ask for, but the strategy came from heaven. It didn't come from like a human decision. It wasn't a human strategy. And now at this bit in the, in Genesis, Jacob perhaps loses his trust a bit that the strategy was from God, or he found it a bit too difficult to let go of control or something because he goes off with Laban's flock as, as he's supposed to. But when a few streaked speckled or spotted cattle are born, he takes matters into his own hands to increase them. And he tries to ensure that they're the ones to mate so he can produce more of them and get a bigger flock. And in Genesis 30, it tells us that he put all of those marked cattle in front of stripped stripy barks to mate so that they would bear more speckled cattle. 
And as far as I know, there's no scientific basis for this. <laughs> um, as far as I know from the Bible, Jacob hadn't had another word from God telling him to do this. But, you know, we've got to assume that he was just getting a bit desperate and trying to take matters into his own hands and force the issue instead of mm. trusting God. Um, I just want to highlight that as my last point, because I feel God saying that he is giving out strategies to help people come out from under the difficulties and oppression of Laban's. But when people receive the strategies, they have to go hand in hand with trust and we have to be doing what he tells us to do. And we have to yield to him so that he can give us recompense for our losses and sufferings. Um, and I really feel that God is saying with this, don't carry offense in your heart or unforgiveness to anyone. Don't try to avenge yourself, but let God give you recompense and he will turn things around if we um, yield to him. And just to sort of finish that off, I feel that that is for people personally, but I also think he's sending strategies to create turnarounds in areas in society and church where Satan has literally had a heyday. Um, and there are going to be strategies to really turn things around. And, <clears throat> and I also feel that within that there are building strategies. So I think he's going to be giving strategies and plans the way that God gave them to Noah for the ark or to David for the temple or to Gideon to create just the right army, or there was Esther, he, you know, she had a strategy to try and save her people from Haman. When she went to the king, she, she was very specific the way she did things. And I just think there are a lot of heavenly strategies coming if people will listen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key word, listen. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that. <laughs> no, that's great. So we wanted to, well, I guess Ross probably knows the answer to this more than I do, so I'll ask this question. Um, I just wondered how you became interested in the area of the prophetic and more specifically um, with God speaking to you through dreams. When did that really start for you? So um, I do remember that from my early teens, I had a passion to, to hear God's voice. I wanted to be able to hear his voice. I'd obviously heard people at church talking about it Um and there was obviously some teaching about it. And I just had a hunger that I guess must have been from God because it was so strong. Um, and I recall I was probably about 14-ish. Mm. Um, I was walking home one day and I was praying and I was just saying, Lord, I just want to hear your voice. Please teach me. And I wasn't just saying that. I was also saying, I don't want to just hear you. when you I don't want you to have to speak loudly to me. I want to be able to hear like the tiniest, quietest little voice, like just the most sensitive nudge of your spirit. I want to be able to hear it. And um, the funny thing is, is that before anything else had happened, like literally the minute I had prayed that, um, I got my first lesson. And what happened was I was coming up so there was a shop coming up on the other side of the road and I'd been waiting the whole walk home knowing that when I got to that shop I was going to cross over go in and buy myself a chocolate bar because that's that's the kind of level you're at at 14 oh, isn't yeah. it yeah it's all about the chocolates <laughs> um and I was really hungry for this chocolate and I know it sounds silly but I was really looking forward to it I know everyone's been there everyone's been in a place where they just have to have a chocolate bar um and just as I was about to cross over the road I got a nudge in my spirit that I wasn't to go across and buy it. And honestly, my heart totally sank. Because I, was like, I was like, no. I thought to myself, do you know what? This is probably just me being silly. But if I don't obey the nudge, I'm never going to know if it was just me being silly or if it was God. Mm. And I've just asked him to teach me. So how can I possibly ignore it? I've got to go with it. And I was really quite grumpy about it, to be honest. And I just thought, why that? Why can't you? why can you teach me a different way why did it have to be that but obviously anyway I decided I really wanted to learn about his voice and so I just obeyed the nudge and I walked home quite grumpily and anyway um I was about 10 meters away from my house and out of the driveway came my brother and he walked towards me and as we met the first words out of his mouth were so what kind of chocolate bar do you want? Do you remember this, Ross? No. I've you don't that. remember this, no, honestly. No. It totally this is sounds my like first me, <laughs> prophetic testimony and you star in it. Um, 
I was I... so natural, I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, this is it. You were a main player, you had no yeah. idea. Um, and what had happened is mum had given you some money, Ross, and mm. had sent you to the shop and said, buy chocolate for the family. So mm-hmm. as soon as you saw me, you were like, what kind of chocolate bar do you want? And you had no idea what had been going on in my head up to that point. And for me, especially... I, I was just completely bowled over. I couldn't believe that he'd given me a lesson immediately that I'd prayed. Mm. I loved the fact that he'd come down right down to my 14-year-old level and that he'd taught me my first le- lesson through a snack. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a yeah. highbrow kind of yeah. thing. It was like, this is that's where I was at and that's where he met me. And I loved that. And um, I loved the fact that I'd had immediate feedback. So I, I, I obeyed the nudge. And I only had to wait 10 minutes, 10 more minutes of walking. And then I knew that I'd heard right. Yeah. And the best bit of all was I still got my chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, this is gold. You know, this is, I was just, I was just really, and that just got me really into it then. I was like, right, I can do, I can do this. This is fun. I can, um, you can go with more free chocolate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just his kindness. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it just revealed his kindness. He's such a good teacher. Um, he really is. So just never be afraid of asking him to teach us anything because he's so kind and so patient and he knows exactly what lessons we need. Um, in terms of that turning into prophetic dreaming, it mm. wasn't something I don't even know if I was massively aware of it except for you like we've already said like you know the dreams from your nativity plays which you start doing when you're about five at school don't you but apart from that I don't think I was nobody had mentioned to me that you could still have prophetic dreams but when I was around the similar time to the chocolate bar incident um, I realized that God was communicating with me through my dreams so the first one I remember as being prophetic was I dreamed about an event involving one of my aunts and I dreamt the date it was going to happen. And when the date came around, that event did actually happen. And I remember that the dream hadn't felt different when I'd had it. It didn't feel like a special dream, but it did turn out to be prophetic. So that struck me as, ah, okay, you can have a prophetic dream that doesn't feel like it's got bells jingling in it or like, Mm -hmm. you know, some kind of amazing heavenly atmosphere it can feel very normal um so I noted that and then but even so I I would say that I did still spend like the next 10-15 years really only taking notice of dreams that really stood out to me in some way Mm. so it might be um that the presence of God was really heavy in the dream or maybe Jesus was actually in the dream himself or it just stood out to me but I think part of the reason was because I have so many dreams. I'm, I, I can have up to five dreams a night. And if that's happening every night, you can't take notice of all of your dreams, if you know what I mean. It just, yeah. it was, it was, it felt like, yeah. Um, but I don't think I realized just how much God has to say to us. And that actually he might have been talking through every single dream I have. And I have now learned how to deal with that number of dreams, but I, I won't go into that right now. But um somewhere in my late 20s it dawned on me that the amount of dreams I experienced or like remember was unusual compared to other people and I just suddenly thought maybe God's made me that way for a reason and I decided to just knuckle down and start studying my dreams with God and just intentionally let him know that now I was going to be listening to him through my dreams and I was going to study what I dreamed and I was going to find his message in them and I put a pen and paper by my bed and I said, God, can you help me remember them? Um, can you wake me up or something? Um, and I have to admit, at first, I did find it a bit of a drag mm. because there were so many dreams. So recording all of them and praying through them all and trying to understand felt like hard work. Um, but it paid off because I, I began to understand the language that God was trying to build up with me. Um, and I started to find interpreting them much easier. And I also noticed that when I had a lot of dreams in one night, quite often there was one message coming through them, even though they might seem different. Mm. Um, I think I only did about one course. Um, that was a John Paul Jackson course that I used to listen to when I was commuting to work. Um, and I, I did find like the basic concepts useful and some of the ways of 
sort of some of the questions to ask about the dream were useful. Um, and I still refer to him, but I don't like being legalistic about symbols and methods. I, I, I always want to keep dream interpretation about my relationship with God. So it's a chance for me to sit with him, to sit with a dream with God and let him talk to me and, and sit with the Bible and what, you know, how does what I've seen in my dream connect to the Bible? Um, and, you know, I, I, as I started to understand more and more of my dreams, the extra revelation began to bear fruit in my life. And that's very exciting when you start to see it actually impacting. Um, and just so exciting that the God who created heaven and earth actually just wants to talk to me and wants to talk to me all the time, not just for like a holy mountain moment, you know, but just in my everyday. Um, and, you know, this is for everybody, isn't it? And I think that's that's what I really sense. I mean, we talked about it earlier. That's what I really sense the spirit saying at the moment that he just, he wants people that aren't taking notice or haven't taken notice of their dreams to start taking notice because it's such an opportunity for him to speak to us. Um, we spend so much time asleep and so many of us are so busy in the day. Yeah. It actually just makes this good time economy, isn't it? Um, as apart from anything else apart from also just the fact that it's an intimate it's intimate with God to have him come into your dream and speak to you um how but, would you I mean we were gonna we were gonna ask that actually we were gonna sort of say no. um can anyone receive from God in this way obviously you um early on noticed that you were getting a lot of dreams and mm -hmm. have obviously spent a lot of time investing in it and pursuing it with God but for somebody maybe who hasn't noticed that before and is interested and would like to to hear from god in that way how would you suggest that they start um start out well i think first so to answer the first question um i definitely think it's possible for anybody to have a prophetic dream the bible names you know it's, it's got several people that aren't Jews or Christians um, yeah. and you know you've got the Egyptian cupbearer and baker of Pharaoh who are in prison with Joseph they have prophetic dreams about their own futures and you've got the Egyptian Pharaoh who has two prophetic dreams about the um, upcoming years of bounty and the years of um, famine but they, it takes Joseph to interpret them they don't understand their dreams and that's worth noting they have them but they don't understand them so mm. We need more Christians as well, don't we, with um, developing that gift of dream interpretation so that they can be helping other people that maybe aren't Christian to interpret their dreams and perhaps get a word from God there. Um, you've got Nebuchadnezzar. He has a couple of dreams, doesn't he? And again, Daniel has to um, interpret them. But um, I mean, there are loads of other ones. But so the Bible's clear that anyone can have a prophetic dream. And, and God doesn't have any restrictions on who he can communicate to, does he? Or who he can speak no. to. Um, and I think in, in important situations, he will just come directly if need be. I mean, he came directly to, I don't even know how to say his name, but is it Abimelech or something who took Sarah as his wife when she's obviously yeah. married yeah. to Abraham. And he just, you know, appears in the dream and <laughs> tells him how it is. And I think yeah. that was exceptionally important, obviously, because he needed to be, well, he needed Isaac and he needed to start the um, the Jewish people, didn't he? But yeah, um, in terms of people wanting to start out on this, I think that what I did was, first of all, just to be very, very deliberate about it and just to go straight to God and say, God, I really want to learn this. <laughs> and I think when you are very deliberate and saying, I really want to learn this, and I want you to help me. I just, heaven comes alongside you and you will get that help. And then what you need to do is you need to ask God to help you remember your dreams if you have difficulty with that. Mm. And then you need to have some way of recording because everyone's different, but I certainly found at the beginning I needed to record when I woke up, otherwise I would forget it. I am a bit better yeah. at remembering now, but it, it comes from practice. Um. And then when you record your dreams and you've got them written down, make sure you get the date on it and give it some kind of name. Because some of the dreams, like yesterday, God explained to me a dream I had 18 months ago. 
And I was so glad I'd written it all down in detail because I would have forgotten some of them. In fact, I could have forgotten the dream if I hadn't written it down. So it's so important that you're able to locate them easily in your dream journal or whatever it is that you, however it is you um, keep them. Mm. And then how it was for me was that I built up my own personal dream language with God. So I used sort of symbols that came up with John Paul Jackson. And there are other people that you could um, read. There are other people that do great teaching on dream interpretation. But whatever it is that you look into, don't be too um, stringent with it. Be flexible with it. Bring it to God because different things can mean very different things to different people. And yeah. I think it's about building up what it means between you and God. Um, you know, when you were little, I don't know if you did this, but when I remember when I was little having a secret language that I created with my friend, you know, where you just make up silly words and it would mean such and such. So you could talk privately. Yeah. I, and, I don't think anyone else has ever done that. <laughs> I, I was no. the one that could never understand what anyone else was talking about. And they'd explain <laughs> it and I still couldn't work no. it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was a really weird one, wasn't there, where they yeah. add, you had to add a letter or something. Yeah. It oh, just I never got that no one. Oh, yeah. People still do that as well, don't they? Yeah. yeah and people like trying 20s. to do it quite fluently. Yeah, that Sorry. was so weird. No, I was left out of that one, Mim, as well. I couldn't, <laughs> just didn't have the speed. Um, but yeah, so not like that. <laughs> but, um, but just something, just basically, you're gradually building. So, for example, for me, a really easy one is if I see a snake, I know that that's, that that snake represents the enemy. And I'm going to watch what the snake's doing in my dream because that represents what the enemy's doing. And obviously you can say, well, that's a very biblical um, image because of the snake in the Garden of Eden. But you've got to accept that somebody who is an absolute snake lover and yeah. has snakes as pets or researches them and thinks they're the most interesting, wonderful creature in the world, that's just not going to fit and that's not going to mm. work. Um, and it will mean something different. And um, so, yeah, we should never be legalistic about the meanings, but you gradually build them up, don't you? And so I have things that if it comes in a dream or a picture, I know exactly what God's meaning. But if I ex explained it to the person next to me, they think I was nutty. <laughs> but it's been built up between me and God and between, yeah. you know, me reading the Bible and noticing certain verses that have stuck out to me about that thing or something very personal in my life mm. that it might relate to a memory or something um but just always doing it prayerfully and not getting um sort of downcast or discouraged if you don't understand it immediately because as i just said last night i had revelation of what an 18 month old dream actually meant and i had been trying to interpret it for ages and the reason i couldn't was because it wasn't the right time and it's only now mm -hmm. certain things have happened and it's all slotted into place i'm like oh that's what you were talking about mm. So you just have to record and be patient and not expect to know everything. Yeah. Um, but may I also say that I have created a 15-page document that should be called, no, it shouldn't be called Interpreting Dreams for Dummies because that's really insulting, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> but I, <what> I, mean, <laughs> I just I'll say, have it. Oh, it's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a starter set for, yes. The, yes. Um, yes, for the inquiring for the mind. Made. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just it's for somebody that hasn't done courses in dream interpretation or read a lot of books, just wants a really simple um, explanation of how to get started. And it's completely free. And I just email it out and it's just take what's helpful and just bin the rest. Yeah. Um, so you might want to say how anybody at Teesside might get hold of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. We can we can put that but, in the yeah. sort of link. Yeah. 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 Of, yeah. I mean, we we obviously didn't invite you to do this for self promotion. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we're glad to hear that it's well, free. Well, if you had, I'd be expecting a fee for my documents. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But just, I, I guess you'll probably go into more depth in your in a document yeah. that that is free. Um, <laughs> but one of the questions that we really want to ask, and this and this is for people who perhaps maybe haven't dipped their toe in before or it it, all, it might seem like kind of overwhelming in some ways or mm. um, something which they haven't really paid much attention to in the past. But how could one know that what they're, what they're dreaming about or the messages that are coming through are from God and not perhaps the after effects of too much cheese or a fondue? 
um, or, or even possibly coming from another place, something more sinister, how, how would you know that it's something directly from God and not one of those other things? You know, people get, and when I say people, I mean, I can include myself in that from when I was starting. People can get very um, anxious about this mm -hmm. and it can put them off. And my first thing that I want to say when people say that is if you ask God to teach you something, then you have to trust him. You also have to accept that you are going to make mistakes. And if you don't make mistakes, you're just not going to learn. Mm. But I would also say that it's very much just like any prophetic journey and receiving any prophetic word that you grow in discernment. And at first you might find it tricky to tell which dreams are from God and which ones, you know, I get some weird dreams if I overheat um, mm. or if I overeat. But, um, <laughs> you know, you, you persevere and it's really only by testing them out. And, and to be fair, a lot of the time, the dreams you have, you're not actually going to tell anyone. You're just writing them down in a book, you know, mm. and if they turn out not to be from God, well, so what? But you might find that over the passage of time, you realize they were. And, you know, if it's just a book you're talking to, then you don't really need to get too uptight about it, do you? Mm. You can just do your best to interpret and to pray them through. And then and then God can show you the fruit because the ones that he has sent you are going to be fruitful if you kind of abide by whatever it is it's telling you to do or just, just being faithful by listening to what you think God's saying. They're going to bear fruit in your life, aren't they? Um I think also just a lot of humility that you just confess to yourself and to God and to other people that you, you're, you're still always going to be learning. And I think that God just gives grace to you and doesn't let you down. And, you know, if you get to the point where you're having dreams about other people, obviously you want to be a lot more careful. Yeah. Um, and I write this a, a lot in my document because it's, you know, something really worth thinking about carefully and really praying about what you're supposed to do with that because... I've had dreams about other people and I've thought, I've even written out the message. Um, and then God has said, no, actually, this is something I'm telling you. I'm confiding it in you and I want yep. you to pray for that person mm -hmm. about it. And I don't want you to tell anyone. Um, and then other times you've had to give a dream to somebody and you don't even properly understand what it is. Yeah. Or I might sometimes, if something in the dream was maybe a little bit, could have been a bit sinister or worrying I would be I wouldn't just blurt it out in that way I would try and find a gentle way of rephrasing it so that it's not something that's going to worry them especially as you might not even be right do you know what I mean and they could be yeah. then yeah, going yeah. off really worried about something that you've said so if you're keeping in mind that the prophetic is supposed to be grounded in love it's supposed to be grounded yeah. in intimacy with God it's supposed to be encouraging you know, if it doesn't have an encouraging message in it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and give it to somebody because, um, you know, I don't think that's what it's about. Even a corrective word should be an encouraging word because it should yeah. be about yeah. the fruit of the good goodness that God wants to pour into somebody's life. Yeah, yeah. Um, should always be bringing them closer to God, shouldn't it? Exactly. And I think, you know, if you're really, really stuck, then maybe find somebody that you can really trust that you think is discerning in these and maybe speak talk you know talk it through with them but at the same time don't let the fear of getting something wrong stop us um from being faithful to what we think god is saying just remember to be humble remember to be encouraging and that it should come out of a place of love i mean in terms of stuff you know this kind of thing that people have where they're like oh what if satan um you know what if the dreams from satan if you think about it, the Bible's quite interesting. There aren't a lot, you know, it doesn't describe, it doesn't really have a lot to say about dreams from Satan. It does talk briefly um, about, you know, false prophets in the Old Testament. I completely can't forget. I can't remember what chapter it's in now. Um, but Old Testament prophets who are giving false prophecies and they are prophesying from their dreams, um, and the idols are prophesying from their dreams and they're false. Um, mm. But in terms of, you know, having a description of a satanic dream, it, it doesn't really do that. It's, it's talks about dreams from God. Where, where I think we have to be careful in that area is 
that it's about our thoughts and our imaginations when we're, mm. when we're awake um, and keeping them pure and right before God because your imagination is like, it's like a gateway to your dreams. And I think to keep that gateway and that, that passageway and that line of communication pure, um, we want to keep our thoughts and our imaginations pure. <clears throat> and when we don't do that, it can overflow into bad dreams or block godly dreams. Um, and I, 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 you know, <clears throat> if I watch something that's got very intense imagery in a film or something, I find that when I'm going to sleep, that's what will be coming through my head and it will replace what would normally happen where I'd normally be having godly communication or dreams and it will mm. block it. Mm. Um, I, I do sometimes get dreams, you know, you can get spiritual warfare dreams and dreams about sort of Satan's strategies and what he's doing. And those dreams can quite often be gray or black and white in color. And you can recognize them by their fruits because because what you're experiencing in the dream is fear or intimidation or temptation or whatever. Um, so in that sense, you can still have a dream that's about something that isn't very nice, um, but it can still be a positive thing. When you wake up and you bring it before God, something can be dealt with, or it might yeah. be that God's warning you that this attack is coming and you need to just you know, stand strong. It's a real blessing for us to be able to hear more from you at, during this time, Zoe. And um, we just wondered if God has been saying anything specific to you at the moment to do with the church globally. And also if, um, I know you've had a bit of time to pray into this, if God has been saying anything specific to you about us at Teesside Vineyard. Yeah, so I think um, if I start with a, a word that... Um, I think is for I've kind of touched on it. It draws the strings together a bit of what I was saying earlier. Um, so where are we now? We're in May 2020. So in April, I had a dream. Um, it's kind of like a dream vision because I'm sort of half awake, half asleep. I don't know where they fall into, but um, I saw heaven sending down thousands of small tablets. Um, they were like it was like iPad type things. And they were attached to little parachutes and they were going all over the globe. And each tablet went to a very specific person. And as each landed and was received by the person, there was an explosion of gold dust from it. And I knew that each tablet contained new revelation from the Lord to the person that was receiving. And they were supposed, what they had to do was they had to watch the download um, on the tablet and sort of, it was going to be revelation that was going to be downloaded to their hearts. But I remember this sense that the open heart of the person receiving was very important because this was going to be genuinely new revelation and the receiver was going to only be able to receive it if they let go of their preconceived ideas about what God might want to say to them. So is that, is that sense of when we know God's about to say something to us, we can quite often jump to conclusions about what it's going to be. Mm. But that what was special about this dream was God was saying, this is going to be new stuff. And I can tell you that I have received a few tablets and I have literally had my mouth wide open because I've been so surprised <laughs> by the stuff that he said. This is exciting and this is for everyone. Um, and I felt him say that for many people, the revelation was going to be like a piece of roadmap explaining what God wants to do in their life now and uh, where he wants to take them next, maybe even beyond. Um, and for many, it's going to be like a new commissioning or positioning. And for, it could be all sorts of things, but I felt God really saying, I need you to look twice. Don't take it lightly. Don't receive the, the don't receive the revelation and go, Oh, that's nice. And then write it down and walk off. It's like meditate on it, really um, marinate in it. Um, because it's really going to be set people up for a whole load of stuff um, in the next season. Um, so, yeah, that's really important. Um, and the other thing was that I asked God which people were receiving them. And he said, people who are called by my name. And I felt very strongly that that included people who have not yet come into the kingdom. But because God is outside of time. You know, they're already seated in heavenly places, the people who are going to give their lives to God. But in our timeline, they might not have right now. I know that sounds strange, but do you know what I'm, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And that he, he, 
you know, they, they, a lot of those people have been receiving dreams and they've been receiving that, that heavenly nudge and the Holy Spirit has been working in their hearts and that we need to be keeping our eyes and ears open and um, seeing where that's happening amongst our friends and our family and being ready to give them that prayer support or whatever support they might need and just being on it in that way. Um, and I also felt God saying, there are some people that aren't receiving their revelation because they're finding it difficult to quieten their souls and they need to work on that. And there are other people who are receiving, but they're not understanding what they're getting. And then there's third people where they're getting interference in their dreams. So um, that is a big reason why I did my dream help sheet, because I wanted to yeah. help people to understand their dreams and to understand what's happening when their dreams feel interfered with. So I also uh, was praying for Teesside, right. which is very exciting. <laughs> and it yeah. was very funny. I know I've already told you, but it was very funny that I was praying for Teesside, um, a prophetic get-together before I actually knew that you guys were going to be taking over. And that, <laughs> <laughs> that was lovely. I think I actually found out the next day that you'd gone for the interview, and I was like, oh, how strange. Um, so praying into it, I see a real maturing and an enriching coming to Teesside Vineyard and also to the the area around it I think you know I think there's going to be real collaboration there um but for Teesside it's like I saw a picture of, of adolescent lambs they weren't baby lambs they were like teenage lambs and I saw them growing into mature sh sheep um and to use another analogy I sort of the kind of verse where you talk about people feeding on milk, I felt that those who've been feeding on milk are going to begin to feed on meat and that those who've been feeding on meat are going to start on the 28 day matured Angus beef. You know, I just, there's just going to be whatever level people are at, there's going to be this maturing and moving into the next um, level of maturity. And I was just seeing pictures of like young wines turning into new fuller bodied wines with, a rich taste and mature cheeses and I know this sounds all very funny and culinary <laughs> but it was I can't it was just this this is going to sound strange but it was the maturity had a tastiness to it which is going to make more mm. sense as I carry on but I just felt that Teesside is about to send out an aroma that gets the taste buds of the lost really watering and draws the hungry for a feast and I started sort of you know, it was like this idea of smelling a barbecue. Obviously, I'm a vegetarian and I'm feeling really uncomfortable with this word I'm giving you. <laughs> I'm feeling hungry. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was like, you know, when you're walking along the street on a summer's day and you smell a barbecue in the air and you're like, yeah. somebody's having a barbecue and you just want yeah. to be there and you don't even care who it is. You just want to <laughs> gate crash into their barbecue. Um, and I felt like you were going to be creating that kind of aroma that there was going to be togetherness and family and fun and worship that's going to create a barbecue atmosphere and the fragrance and that the fragrance that's going to go out is like the pleasing fragrance of burnt offerings to God but the smell is also going to go out into the locality and beyond and people are going to just start sniffing and lifting their heads up and asking you know where's that great smell coming from and it's going to be the fragrance of the presence of the Lord Wow. And the presence of the Lord is, is, is the fragrance that the lost are hungry for. You know, mm. they can get a real barbecue anywhere. Church barbecues are great for community, aren't they? But anyone can get a barbecue anywhere. But what people can't get is the fragrance of the presence of the Lord. And I just feel like that is what is going to be on Teesside. And um, I just really felt for you Psalm 133. Um, the song, it's called the Song of Ascents. And I felt, you know, that that was important because you're going to ascend the hill of the Lord and you're going to stand in that holy place. And it says from verse one on, it says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. And I just feel like that's a, yeah, a psalm for you guys as you're all coming together and starting on this new journey together at Teesside Vineyard. It's exciting. It's very exciting. So thank you so much, Chris. I really 
blessed us and and hopefully Teesside Vineyard as a church. Um, so just to kind of draw it to a close as we're coming towards the end, what's your vision moving forward? What's your vision for um, the prophetic and and dreams and with within the Vineyard movement or within um, the, the Vineyard Church up in Newcastle? I think um, from what I've been hearing there have been, during lockdown, there have been a lot of churches putting on um, prophetic teaching and prof- um, prophecy schools, which I think is fantastic. Um, I think I think the oval word is more. And I think that's because I think just as I've already said, God's revelation has, in- has increased massively. I mean, he's always talking, but he's it's so important now to be accessing what he's saying, because we all need to. It's a kind of hands on deck time. Um, and I don't mm. mean that because there's a pandemic. I mean that because of what God is planning and because of the season um, of the spirit that we're in and that we're coming into. And I do genuinely believe that there really is going to be a big harvest. And I think we need to be ready prophetically because we need to be ready to be speaking into the lives of people coming in. And we need to understand the prophetic because we need to be um, teaching the prophetic to people that have never come across it before. And, you know, the prophetic is at the heart of relationship with God because every relationship is built on communication. So if you if one of you can't hear the other one, how's your relationship going to grow? And for me, that's what the prophetic is. It's your relationship with God grows because you communicate with each other. And um, we need to just be just be on it. And I really felt God just saying that he's turned the tap on of his word and it's a continuous flow. And we need to be going with our cups daily and collecting what he's saying um and the for what he's been saying to me but i think it's for more than that during this lockdown period um he's been teaching me how to hear stop go wait um and for me that's been about whether i share the prophetic words and dreams he's giving me but i think it's much more than that i think it's relevant to every person in the areas of of what they're doing in their lives in the sense that this is really is a season where God is saying, just stop, pause and get your roots down deep into me mm. because things are going to go faster in the near future. Things are going to accelerate and you are you need to be spiritually fit and healthy by being really rooted and grounded in me and rooted and grounded in my word and being able to hear my voice really clearly because things are going to get fast and noisy very quickly in the near future um so we really do need to be on it we need to be on what god is saying to us um and we need to when he says stop we need to stop when he says pause we need to pause when he says say no to that but yes to this even if the thing he's telling us to say no to seems like a really good opportunity or like a really just good thing to do we have to be have the inner strength to say no when he's telling us to say no even if it's going to leave people a bit cross with us (laughs) There's something really important about that because I just think God has got such intricate plans and we need to be on board and we need to be doing what he's telling us to do and not questioning it and thinking we know better. Um, And that strength comes, I think this is a practice time for people right now. And if they don't take the chance to practice now, they're going to find it difficult when later on, when it's when things really start moving. Um, I personally, what I would love in terms of... um, moving forward in a goal is I would love him to give me more dreams for non-Christian or not yet Christian people. Cause I did ha- once, I think I've only ever had one prophetic dream for somebody that wasn't a Christian. And I remember sharing it with her. It was a work colleague and she just said, are you a witch? Which is obviously really <laughs> insulting, <laughs> but what an amazing opportunity. Do you know what I yeah. mean? To talk about yeah, God yeah. and the prophetic. So I've been like, God, if I had more of those, you know, I, that would be really good. Um, yeah. and then also, um, I started my, this closed Facebook group where I'm posting prophetic words, um, that are to do with times and seasons and things. And God asked me to set it up in February. And then about a month later told me not to post anymore, <laughs> which is part of my stop, go, wait, pause thing. Um, yeah. so I've known doubt when the green light goes back on, I'll be busy posting on it again, but um, right now, this is a time for just sitting at his feet like Mary and just really 
having that one-to-one time with him so thank you so much Zoe I think that's a great place to end as well at at Jesus feet that really is I like it is isn't it yeah yeah thank you I I I take credit for that because we stopped you at that point (laughs) yeah no I've already copyrighted it I don't think you can copyright parts of the Bible, I'm afraid. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) try.